0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Movie of the Year 1985. All right. It's, it's time for a little bit of a break. We don't have a single movie to talk about. Oh, Instead, sweet. we're going to talk about every other movie that came out this year. That's it's sort way of harder. A, yeah, sort of a pull list of 1985. Um, tonight is State of the Franchise. Greg, Yes, 85. Did franchises rule your life like they do right now?
1: Well, this is an interesting question, Ryan, because 85, I'm just a real young whippersnapper. I'm like 84. But the movies that came out, (laughs) I'm just like 84 myself. I'm four years old myself at this time. But the movies that came out in this year then were big for me like over the remaining seven years of my childhood. So I'm going to say like Back to the Future, which has its first, you know, instantiation this year. That was big to me. Uh, Gremlins was pretty big to me, so yeah. Oh, but shit, yeah. it's there was no way I would say in the '80s for franchises to be as important as they are now. I mean, that's like the the state of movies now is that it's like eight different franchises.
0: Here's the way that we're going to do it tonight, though. um We don't know. We're going back to '85 through some sort of Delorean, and we don't know that Back to the Future is a franchise. You know, uh, yeah, Beverly okay, Hills yeah. Cop raged through '85. It came out in '84, but it raged through '85. We don't know it's a franchise. Uh, But, Mike, what do you think about Greg's thing of franchises hold up because I wasn't, you know, like, cognizant then, but when I grew up, that's what I know about.
2: Yeah, so they're just – to kids in the 80s, every movie's a franchise, and that you just watch that movie over and over and over again, and yeah. it feels like you're, like, almost like a graduate thesis level digging into, like, the heart and soul of the Goonies, and so it feels like its own, and – but because each one felt standalone, it felt more pure and real. Like, there wasn't the ham-fisted. There's not, like, the Dr. Gremlin doesn't come in at the end of Gremlins be like, we're building a team of monsters.
1: <laughs> but keep in mind, Back to the Future does end with an obvious oh, acknowledgement yeah. that there's going to be a sequel. So, they, do, in that way, it does kind of announce itself as the first but, part of a franchise.
0: I, I cannot tell you. And like, I was too young. I did not see it in theaters, but I cannot tell you whenever the first time was seeing to be continued at the end yeah. of a movie. Like that was like, like it, it sort of like made Nick Fury at the end of, was it the Iron Hulk Man. and Iron Man? Uh, it sort of deflated it because a movie to say to be continued. God damn, Was that exciting? Yeah. So much more than like, Oh, it made a lot of money. And so now we're retroactively going to say that it needs a sequel.
1: Because even in the in the 80s, even when movies, like, instead of being franchises, they would just find another property that was similar to it. So when Star Wars was popular, there were a hundred different movies that were responses to Star Wars, but none of them were, like, either in that universe or in another cinematic universe. There was just a Willow. Mm-hmm. There was just a Legend. There was just a Lady Hawk. But they kind of, like... Out of their d- own thing, more, yeah. more more biting
2: off of it than building on it. Yeah, for don't sure. Don't you think though that
0: even back then though the fact that there's no Lady Hawk two or Willow two or Legend two does doesn't that speak to the fact that they weren't successful? Like mm-hmm. back then they were still of the mindset of like, oh come on, give me more. Honestly, dude, sequels from this time
1: across different types of of media, so like video game sequels, Nintendo sequels, um, the sequels to sci-fi books at this time, the image of a sequel used to be something kind of more radically different than they are now, you know? So it used to be like if you were going to tell a second story, a second version of something, you would find a different take on it and it would be like a, a different feeling property. Um the homogenization of all of this is something that I think is a more modern facet. I think that we like wanted different things.
0: Yeah, it's much more likely to like see a script that you love that's Captain America-esque and then just buy it so you can make a new Captain America movie.
2: Yeah, totally. Do you guys think that Back to the Future helped make that? Be like, oh no, continue. Instead of, because they're not different takes on Back to the Future. It's just like, now Marty's here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's just (laughs) different locations.
0: (laughs) They were different times. That's a really good question. I mean, Back to the Future made an absurd amount of money in this year. Like, it was such a huge hit for a almost basically like a sci-fi John Hughes movie. Mm-hmm. And it made hundreds, literal hundreds of millions of dollars. So, I think it's part that and then also horror. Like, I feel like all of all of mainstream cinema was like, man, horror keeps cashing in on this shit every two years. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't we also be doing that? <laughs> the other thing, too, it, that's interesting is that, like, when I say Winter Soldier... As opposed to civil Bucky War. Barnes, yeah, you guys can sort of do that, right? Yeah. Like you know the difference between movies, but back then it's interesting because you you can't really tell w- what happened in which movie. I think that was in Freddy Seven or Two, but yeah. I don't really know. And I think the only thing that we have like that right now is Fast and the Furious, where I don't. Oh, I we really know. Don't... I know. You know, because you have watched them. Wouldn't
1: for Fast and the Furious? Wouldn't you almost just say who the villain was, and that's how you would like figure? That it helps out? a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you're
2: talking about like a specific card trick, I could do it, but I'm not going to be mad if nobody else does. But if you're trying to say that Deckard Shaw is the same bad guy, ooh, you better know which Shaw brother's the villain of which movie, guys.
0: But I think now that we have we have the thing where like I want to put I want to put my print on this sequel and make it my own. Where it, back then they were like, "Don't fucking do that, dude." You don't put your print. I just, I want to Xerox these movies almost like they're episodes of TV shows where we're not supposed to notice the director in the screen. And I,
1: I I think it depends on the property as well. Like for the, especially for these horror movies, I think the idea with these horror movies was very much cut and paste. Although I I have to say, like, look at the difference between Friday the 13th and Friday the 13th part two. Like after, after part two, obviously they started copy and pasting, but between one and two, isn't that a huge difference? Different villain, different yeah. like like strategy, different. So,
0: I have no idea. I honestly have no idea what any of those movies like how they're different. Because you know,
1: well, it's, as Scream made famous in the first one, it's fr- it's Jason's mom is the bad guy, and then from then on, it's him as like a weird sort of like come back from the dead zombie monster killer guy. But to have it be. somebody's mom was killing folks in that first movie that's so different than everything else that's way scarier yeah (laughs) seriously (laughs) she killed Kevin Bacon
0: do you guys remember who the killer mom was in the Scream franchise no Jamie
2: Lee Curtis
0: no no it was Laurie Metcalf really yeah she was the one who said like you killed my Shaggy and I'm gonna come back and kill everybody else and it was stupid but if you gotta get someone like that get Laurie Metcalf man she's great she fucking rolls uh, instead of talking about Scream 3, we are going to talk about uh, as many of the franchises of 1985 as we can. You guys are going to let me know if we think it did a good job then and if we think it could do a good job now. When we come back, the single biggest franchise of 1985. Gentlemen, we're like, we're in the middle of '85. We did the finale, we talked about a ton of movies, and yet, if I told you that one single actor, owned the top two franchises of 1985 can you shout him or her out
2: michael douglas
0: incorrect michael j fox incorrect although family ties the movie (laughs) too family ties the tv show was one of my favorite movies of the year our biggest franchise making i would say like 10 times as much in the box office than the first one uh the first one was called first blood where it was just uh, a guy from Vietnam walking home and getting hassled by the police. And then uh, he has this speech where he's like, Vietnam was hard, man. This is rough. Three years later, they say, let's just send him back to a war that doesn't exist. And Rambo First Blood 2. <laughs> Why not Rambo Second Blood? <laughs> made hundreds of millions of dollars because they put away all that speech. Did you Second <and> Blood? <laughs> is war hard? And they were like, let's just put him in war. And they made a straight up action movie. I get. I don't even have a comp for this. This is one of the weirdest first movie to second movie things I've ever seen. This
2: I is think Greg. Uh, Greg gave it to us. It's Friday the Thirteenth to Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. It's no, this, one. <laughs> one is this. Uh, definitely
1: is, is way weirder though. This is the weirdest ch- change yet. And again, it's is another Alien example. to Aliens. And then at this point, they again they do the thing where they start copying and pasting from this point mm-hmm. forward in the franchise. But the first one is dramatically different than the than the second one and all the ones that follow. And the idea that you would take something that is thoughtfully about, like, how have we abandoned these men who did so much for us? And how do we, like, despi- how do we, like, despise them? And what, do we, what have we left with, like, with these soldiers that have come home and have no home and they don't know themselves anymore? And then they're like, yeah, okay, cool. Same guy. But then he goes and he puts, like, a whole bunch of gunpowder in an arrow and he shoots it at a tower. <laughs> and they're like, yes, that's the best of both worlds.
0: It's crazy how little they knew about the first movie and then how much they knew about audiences of 1985. (laughs) It just fucking... They put uh gunpowder into movie reels and shot it into theaters (laughs) and it exploded you
1: know what it's like it's like in adaptation or it's like in the player when they spend the first like three fourths of the movie talking about what stupid movies do and then the last fourth of the movie becomes that type of movie to kind of like lampoon it further that's what they did with Rambo they made fun of action movies and the ethos of them and then they're like
0: but then also here's four action movies (laughs) So this is Zack Snyder's Rambo. This is, <laughs> yes. this is from the Watchmen comic to the Watchmen movie. That is what we're getting. And
1: the last Rambo, the one that came out like just last year, was essentially him just killing Mexican people, right?
0: We, uh, we had a couple more sequels after that. Um, there was Rambo 3, which was also a huge hit. And then they just went away. And then in 2008, we had Rambo. And then in 2019, guys, we had Rambo, Last Blood, no longer the first, but the opposite. It's the last. Um, state of the franchise. Where are we at here?
2: Well, they called it Last Blood, so dumb on them to close the chapter. And as Greg just said, apparently it's just him killing Mexican folks. And so maybe they don't need to be around anymore. Maybe we can get rid of the Rambos.
0: You're talking about Rambos, not Mexican folks. <laughs>
2: Rambos. Right? I am sure Rambos.
1: I'm sure it's the quote cartel, but it's just a weird, like, resonance with what's going on now that like Mm. he has been fighting in other countries and then in this last one he's just fighting and it's like the bad guys are all of a different nationality
0: it's a crazy mixture of the uh movie going audience is at the same time i don't know what you are so i'm not i don't know how to respect the ip and also, I have heard of it, and I hate it then, and I hate it now. And those two things clashing is just like no box office.
2: Yeah, what they would need to do is like an unforgiven take on Rambo, which I guess is Rambo fucking one, yeah. idiots.
1: But imagine if they had done that again. What if the last movie of the franchise was a return to the first mm-hmm. one, and it was him as an old man, but it was him with an old man having the PTSD that he did in the first movie.
0: That's cool. It's fine. But what if he was walking back to his city as this guy with PTSD and then also Terminators and Transformers both at the same time decided that they have to eliminate each other. And that's all in the background of this movie. And then a girl with her bosoms out
1: (laughs) (laughs) runs through and does. Oh, my God. Heaving.
0: (laughs) One bosom very in, one bosom very out. Uh, He did own the other franchise that time like this guy was a fucking god in 1985 and we will not be talking about him in our season like we're gonna just like not talk about slice alone rocky 4 rocky versus the russians was another huge huge hit where he just did this thing where he was like oh i made a i made a tiny movie like first blood got nominated for a lot of awards and then he just Ramboed the shit out of each movie until we got Rocky versus Communism.
2: Look, if you call a guy Italian Stallion, it's gonna go to his head, and it's he's not gonna do the quiet, contemplative movies anymore.
0: This guy has an Oscar,
1: <laughs> best screenplay for writing. Yeah, I mean, like I don't.
0: It, it shouldn't be for acting; that would be worse. But uh for writing. Well, with a voice like that, you have to get
2: very good at communicating somehow. So I think he really honed his writing skills.
0: I'm so sorry, Mike. Which which voice?
1: Look how like it is.
0: <laughs> so, Ray Romano as Rocky probably would have been a better movie. Yeah, and you
1: First Blood. This,
0: <laughs> this one's a little different though, because in 2006 we get Rocky Balboa, which is more like the First Blood movie that you guys were talking about. And then we have Creed, and then we have Creed Two. And so Creed, I think, reinvigorates a franchise so much that it's obvious that people don't know it's part of a franchise. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're there for the MBJ. And then Creed 2, I would say, like, a lot of people thought it was good. It made some money. But Creed is definitely not where it was when the first one came out, mm-hmm. right? No. Like, it has slipped since then. Yeah. Because
1: I, I think the problem is Creed 2 does what the original Rocky series did, which is it starts talking about, like, what happens to these fighters after they've, like, been in a bunch of these fights? And it's really – it's it doesn't scratch the same itch when you're watching these really, like, exciting fights. And then every time he's not doing one of the exciting fights, he's like, oh, my brain is very damaged. I think it just makes the, it, it's it's kind of a drag. And so it's, you know, it's an important topic, but it's less what people want to see out of Michael B. Jordan, you know, right. in a fighting movie.
2: Yeah, Michael B. Jordan has the kind of career where he does the one for them, one for me. And he tried to combine them into one. And people are like, no, no, no. You, you want to talk to our grandparents. They want to think about the concussion movie. We just want to see you <laughs> beat the shit out of somebody right now.
0: <laughs> Did you guys watch on ESPN the last B dance? <laughs> that's a last No, no n- nobody watched that. Um, <laughs> that's hardly that- a joke, Ryan. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I liked it.
0: I uh, I think the other the other thing that Creep 2 does that I thought was gone is This is from the 80s. I'm going to follow the exact same plot points of the thing that was, you know, famous and popular. Uh-huh. <laughs> And I, I thought that Blues Brothers 2000 was going to be the last thing that ever did that. And then Creed two sort of did it, and then we don't have anything to be excited about, you know? Like, Michael B. Jordan is amazing, but, like, that's not enough. Yeah. All right. State of the franchise for Rocky, which basically, I mean, Creed right now. I'd say, it. well, it's, it's better, but I don't think it's got
1: any more upward mobility. Like, I, I'm selling at this point, you know?
2: Yeah, the Creed 3 isn't going to blow our socks off. I expect in like five years to get it, but it's certainly doing better than Rambo.
0: Bringing in Dolph Lundgren's son for Creed 2 is like a Creed 5 move. <laughs> and they did it for 2, and then now I think we're out. Your third one, guys, real quick. Let's do this one real quick. It's called The Jewel of the Nile, which is a sequel to Romancing the Stone. This Th- is the end of the sequel, and we're not – I don't know if we're going to bring it back. What do, what, do, what do you guys think?
2: That's Michael That's Michael Douglas.
0: That for, is Michael for Douglas. For some yeah. reason
2: I thought it was the biggest franchise of 1985.
0: <laughs> I read an article today that uh Michael Douglas said no to the the third part in 2017. Oh wow. That is when he said, "You know what? I think I'm going to bow out from being interested in this project."
1: I've never seen these movies. Are they like a a light Indiana Jones?
0: Yes. Okay. Basically it's like a rom-com indie. Uh-huh. Uh which, you know, at least the first two Indiana Jones were rom-com s yeah um and then yeah Catherine turner uh everybody just said oh you're a dude now and then we didn't let her work anymore and so she can't be in movies because she aged out of this stuff so i guess we're done
2: well now i want to see the th- sequel where she's now romancing the stones and she's leading it and it's her unforgiven
1: I'm going to I turn all these franchises into Unforgiven. <laughs> Mike, do you just want to watch Unforgiven, bud?
2: I'm probably, I'm just itching. You, every few years, you <laughs> got to watch Unforgiven. I, I'm
1: interested in these movies, but I never saw them myself. But it sounds like an interesting premise.
0: Your next one grossed a total as a series of uh $600 million worldwide. This was the year of the second one. This one, much like every other movie in the series, featured Michael Winslow. It featured David Graff, Uh-oh. and it featured George. Something he was like the commandant, and uh, this is the second one. This is Police Academy Two: The First Assignment. This is uh, a great example of how, in the eighties, in the early eighties, you make a movie for like three million dollars, yeah. and it makes a hundred million dollars, and you have no choice but to make seven more movies. Yeah, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start with you, Greg. How many? police academy movies have you seen
1: ryan i think i've probably you could probably put me down for about four police academies um it the way it works with a lot of eighty sequels is you end up seeing like the sequels way more than you do the original like i've seen gremlins 2 like a trillion times and i've seen gremlins 1 like one time so i think i've seen like 2 and 3 a lot they are definitely a very broad eighties comedies. A lot of stuff that would make people feel very uncomfortable right now. And the most gratuitous of all nudity. So gratuitous that even I'm like, I don't know that that's necessary.
0: <laughs> yeah. You got to have the scene where there's boobs for no reason you have to do. You have to have the scene where like uh, everyone is drinking just before something very important. Uh huh. Um, and then you have to have them all come together because of some speech that is not riveting, but then they finish the day and point to the camera for the next movie
2: Mike have you seen any of these no I think I've seen Michael Winslow pop up on other things and do sound effects and I've seen Bobcat Goldthwait exist
1: so you don't know about like Tower, i
2: sure or the or the L- little,
1: squat building the little uh, woman Berry? yeah dude are these
2: characters these, these are, are characters, characters. Dude. it is like do you think Brooklyn Nine-Nine <laughs> would not exist without this movie like what, what the why why seven why Honestly, that's is a, this for is this that's Super a good troopers? point that's
1: what it was it was a, a humanizing and ingoofening the police and don't
0: need it they're not
2: humans so fuck it fuck
0: this whole I franchise mean, we're gonna get there later with horror movies but like it's that same thing it's just that it's not it's like episodes of tv in theaters so you go to the movies and you're like i don't know what to see oh i've seen four of these before i'll just watch another one and you don't like it but you do pay your money for the ticket well so back then it was like three it.
2: bucks so whatever
0: steve goots right steve gutenberg in this I, I, how about that for like i i don't know I. Steve Gutenberg said after the second one, no more. I'm done. And they were like, uh, we're still going to make five more, bud. Like, <laughs> I don't care about being below the Gutenberg line.
2: Did he ever come back? Did he come back in like eight and it was a big deal?
0: The only thing I think he's come back for is one episode of Party Down, <laughs> which is a very good episode.
1: Man, if I, were, if I were in charge of casting for anything, I'd be like, get Steve Gutenberg on the phone.
0: <laughs> Call Albert Brooks right away uh state of the franchise does 2020 need or 2021 reboot, need dude. a police academy it, movie? reboot
2: it doesn't need it but that won't stop Zach Efron in two years this is what he does now he makes some funny stuff and then he just reboots old shit that doesn't need to be
0: rebooted let's think about the police and they're standing in the real media uh-huh. and do you think the new reboot has anything to do with that stuff you know oh, what's weird? try Brooklyn Nine-Nine decided
1: it was gonna like start like saying something and then it did that for, like, four episodes, and they were four very powerful episodes. And since then, it, it's kind of, like, been like, eh, no, we don't it want got, to anymore.
0: It got yeah, hard. <laughs> Jake Peralta in a high chair being like, this is boring.
1: <laughs> I hate Wario. I'm going
0: to do one last one real quick, guys. A View to Kill was Roger Moore's last James Bond movie. Oh. This may be the, uh, what is the opposite of Peak? The Nadir? Valley? Nader, yeah.
2: Ooh, Nader. Ralph Nader. Uh,
0: of James Bond fandom. Like, no one gave a shit. I don't even know if this made, like, our initial bracket. No, right? no, I don't
1: think we've ever talked about it.
0: James Bond movie came out, and we were like, fuck that, nobody cares. Have you seen this movie? Have you seen uh Roger Moore You movie? think
1: this is lower than, like, some of the later Brosnans?
0: Oh, man, I hate some of the later Brosnans.
1: Dude, some of the later Brosnans are so bad. Like, honestly, because of those movies, I haven't even been able to get into the newer, like, good Bonds. Bond got good again, but I was so brosnan down. down. I was like, I can't. I'm
2: sorry. See, that hurts. I was raised on Brosnan, and that might be the movie series that taught me movies could be bad. Because I was like, <laughs> oh, nice fun. I was like, I like... Guys, you don't like what the world is not enough? I might like the world is Oh, tomorrow. No, I'm out. I gotta go out.
0: That's the thing, though, is that uh, it wasn't that... Uh... Pierce Brosnan was so good for all of his movies. He just sort of started in an era where we just went to see all of the same <laughs> movies. So, like, uh, the Roland Emmerich Independence Day movies, we were just like, oh, is it big budget? We're just going to go and watch it. And we all saw these movies that everyone hated. Whereas back then, in 85, we were uh, like, it would come out and make $10 million, this James Bond movie.
1: I do have to say, at least for, like, where the franchise is currently, like, in 2020... I'm excited because this next Bond movie seems like there's going to be like the handing off of the Mm -hmm. mantle, not of just like who plays the character, but of like what the character is. And that I am falling for that. I'm (laughs) I'm like, for someone who doesn't care about the franchise, I'm like, man, I should probably go see this movie. Well,
2: just by changing who the protagonist could be like, yeah, let's have a new take on action movies. Let's say something, do something. There's so many action franchises and like fast and furious is a cartoon. Mission impossible is just like steadily trucking along. Like, balance beaming and bond and born. We're like, we're going to be real and gritty and fire. Yeah. And, but none of them. And are how did they
0: do that? Mike, how did both of them do that? Shaky cams? Nope. Both franchises cast Jeremy Renner <laughs> as the next generation of people.
2: I hate that guy so much.
0: Listen to his album, bud. Oh, I, I have totally got, too many times. Mike, you're going to be watching this new James Bond and it's going to be James Bond. And this like very capable, uh, like awesome actress, young black woman. And then Jeremy Renner's gonna be in the background one time and you're gonna freak out.
2: And people they, they won't know I'm freaking out. They just think I'm a terrible racist. Yeah. Probably.
0: <laughs> All right, guys. Uh we're gonna take a break. Where where do we rank these right now? Which one are you buying? You guys have to buy one stock. We have Rambo Rocky, Jewel of the Nile, Romancing the Stone, Police Academy, and James Bond.
2: Bond for sure,
0: dude. I'm gonna buy I'm buying bonds, Ryan.
2: I'm going to buy Jewel of the Nile. I think it's going to get rebooted, and it's going to be great.
0: All right. That's how the stocks were bought. We're going to do another round of stock buying in just one second. So, Mike, you have Romancing the Stone slash Jewel of the Nile. Yeah, baby. You have this uh, Indiana Jones rom-com that was really riding on the fact that Michael Douglas, Katherine Turner, and Danny DeVito was in it.
1: Which and is Greg? That's a pretty good like bet, right? I think you could bet on those three personalities at this time.
0: You have all of the types of people. Uh for and Greg, <laughs> you you bought Bond. Yeah, we're gonna go in the back half. We're gonna do this a little quicker. Uh, our next one is National Lampoon's Blank Vacation. This is the year that we got European. Uh, before this, we got just period vacation. That's Wally World, and then after this, four years after this, we get Christmas, and then we get Vegas. And that's the one that nobody wanted. And then in 2015, and you'll notice that all of these things have a new movie in, like, the later 2000s. uh, We get Ed Helms as Chevy Chase's son in Vacation. Guys, European Vacation, how did we feel? Uh, This is, like, a skit show
1: where they're, like, they clearly got all the writers together. And they were, like, stuff about Europe. So someone was, like, traffic circles. They're difficult. Uh, another one was like, uh sometimes in the shows, the like the stage shows, there'll be naked ladies. And they're like, Alright, that's another thing. And it's just the family moving around through basically like walking through these different
2: skits about European life. Yep, yeah, my my version of that is Eurotrip and I'll take Euro Trip. I have fucking no relationship with these vacation movies.
0: I once said one time and I got screamed at, that uh Christmas is better than just vacation. Is that yes, very controversial? A, yeah, isn't that standard? I thought it was standard. Uh, the, the original Vacation, and this is why like, it's not about, you know, like, let's continue this. It's just about Chevy Chase was in it. Well, The original Vacation had him scream one time at his family about how broken he was as a father. And then Christmas, I thought, was just a really good movie, you know? Heartwarming <laughs> and blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> And I, I don't see how you can watch an old movie and be like, Ed Helms, let's do this again. God damn we have Ed Helms, guys.
2: <laughs> well, that guy, that like, I I have a soft spot for some reason for Ed Helms, even though Hollywood has tried to Jeremy Renner into our lives. And he just he's not a leading man. Stop trying to make him a leading man. He should always be sort of a background player.
0: He also has this thing where like every time he delivers a joke, it you can see who he's doing. Oh, that's Will Ferrell. That's Mm, you know, like that's Rob Riggle. Like that's how deep he goes. Well, that's impressive. (laughs) (laughs) Your number seven, franchise of the year. Does anybody want to buy National Lampoons blank vacation? No, No, sir. I'm offended you'd ask. Your next one is Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. And despite the fact that they do go beyond Thunderdome and never actually go into the Thunderdome. (laughs) Such a tease. uh, This is the third one. This is the one where Hollywood got a hold of it because the first two were uh, made by Australia on Australia budgets. And then Thunderdome got to Hollywood and they were like, all right, Mel Gibson, we're going to give you $20 million. We're of course going to get Tina Turner. Let's (laughs) do this. And it was a tremendous flop. The first two were but like in that cool cult way. Yeah. This was like in the whole, uh, oh, this is a stupid movie way.
1: Yeah. This looking at these movies, they don't really need much of like the Hollywood gloss. Mm -mm. You know, they need that small, real, like individual feel,
2: especially for, so movies that take place in the future normally need a lot of money, but this, it's supposed to be a trash world and money just shows that it's money. And uh-huh. you want it to look real dirty and grimy and real Hollywood doesn't know how to do that. So you need him. That Thunderdome
1: keep... was sparkling.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's just some person walking around with like a trash can on the arm. And that is the cleanest, most oh. like high cost trash can lid I've ever seen in my life. Lick entire that trash life. can. Uh, and then we went away for 20 years. And then George Miller was like, you know what? Why don't I get that back real quick? I'll do it. I'm 81 years old. And then he made Mad Max Fury Road. The best movie of the decade, and, and it still
1: is, has all the original weird Picadillos of the of the first movies. Like there's like there's just a, a weirdness that goes through everything. The frame rate is unusual in a lot the, of different.
0: Like, he'll move the camera forward, like he'll move the camera uh, ahead super fast, and it will be like the lowest budget movie that yeah. you've <laughs> ever seen. And everyone around him in suits is like, "Man, we can make that look good." And He's like, "Fuck you!" <laughs> and love kicks it this him. way. <laughs> uh, and then we have. Uh, heard that there will be a, a new movie coming out soon called Furiosa uh he wanted it's a prequel to Fury Road he wanted to cast Charlize Theron in the role and then he watched the Irishman and he was like you know what we're not there yet I am going to recast the movie."
2: oh my but gosh he just took the don't a- de-age just have it she is ageless
0: that is true like you've got Charlize you got yeah. Charlize but uh he was all about just like using all the CGI that's around, and then he saw that movie. He's like, "Fuck that! We are recasting it." And right now, it's supposed to be Anna Taylor Joy. Who that? Oh, that that from uh, New Mutants and The Witch and Thoroughbreds. Emma. Oh yeah, Emma. The leading role of Emma.
2: I've I've been told, Ryan, we're only allowed to buy stock in one movie franchise right now. Okay, I gotta wait then. But...
1: yeah, I, and I, I don't want to buy that. stock in it either. I have a bad feeling about this prequel like i think he managed to catch lightning in a bottle with uh the 2010 movie but he is kind of abandoning the spirit of that movie to like cast aside his leading lady who by the way his face her face is like generally covered in grime and like paint anyway and to do this that's a really bad sign to me that he's recasting it
0: he's such a punk rock director at 85 and she's so awesome and incredibly like ageless i would almost like wear a sign on your shirt that says younger and <laughs> I we'll, like we'll buy it you know do what they did in wet hot american summer just lean
1: on it constantly yeah. everybody like 50 pounds heavier and bald <laughs> and they're supposed to be a year younger
0: all right guys we're going into the 1985 of it all this is speed round here we go uh first up the uh, our next two things are nightmare on elm street and friday the 13th nightmare on elm street 2 came out this year and it actually made more money than the first one uh, it was remade in 2010 with Haley Joel Osment. No, yeah, it was Rorschach. Rorschach's name.
2: <laughs> Haley Joe Turner? Joel Haley, Haley, Haley jo- Earlman.
0: <laughs> Joe Haley Earlman. Uh, and then Friday the 13th, I want to say five, it was just called A New Beginning, which was remade in 2009. And uh, I'm picking up on, on a pattern of like right around the turn of the decade, everybody was like it, RoboCop, um, Total Recall, uh, Point Break. It was just like, let's just put out like these blase versions of shit that like got famous and we're not going to understand why let's just do it. These have already been done. If you remake them now and I'm not saying you guys have to, but if you decide to, has it been long enough? 2010, 2009. Are we ready to get like somebody who, you know, like Dennis, Denis Villeneuve, who was remaking Dune and Blade Runner. Could he do these things or are you just like, you know what? Hands off. Fuck this shit. Hey, w- w- what's there to be said about Freddie and Jason?
2: That has not been so We already had them fight each other. Like, uh, what, what could you do? Just create a uh, new slasher.
1: I'll tell you what he's really good at, specifically him, Ryan. What he's really good at is making an extremely atmospheric movie. And I think that there is a chance that Friday the 13th, like, taking the dreams and not making them cheesy and weird, but making them atmospheric and, like, giving, like, a lot of time and almost making, like, a uh, Kurosawa dreams, but, a, a, like, a, with a more horror bent. Uh, I think he could make that movie like very, very scary and
0: very like evocative. So learn a little bit from it and it part two, but not a lot, you know, mm-hmm. like hold back from there.
2: W- but with that, like Freddy's whole thing in, in the Nightmare series is to be like larfy, like to quip. So if you're suddenly atmospheric, aren't you gutting what makes Freddie, Freddy? So what's the point?
1: That's true. I guess I don't think, I haven't really seen those movies, but now that I think about it, he is always like doing one liners, right?
0: <laughs> like, sorry to get you all steamed up. But, I mean, Mike, to your initial question of what's the point, I would say uh, Alan Moore wrote Watchmen and then Zack Snyder perfected it. What's the point, Damon (laughs) Lindelof? You have nothing more to say on that property? So really elevate, but, like, that is...
2: Alan Moore was saying a thing or two. Uh, I I don't know if the original Nightmare original Friday the 13th had that much to say. I feel like a remake of Carrie would do much more and not the, the bad one that just came out
0: recently. That's weird. I think that... Uh, I disagree, but we'll move on. So nightmare on the, nightmare on the Elm street two And Friday the 13th, I think five are both out there. Uh, before we get to the final two, I want to talk to you guys about Porky's revenge, which is Porky's three, uh, 1980, 1981, a movie called Porky's came out, which was like a John Hughes teen comedy, except for, uh, the high school kids would like drill holes into the girls shower Uh room and then just peep on them. And, uh, it it could be. And I'm including all of Hollywood from 1901 to 1980. Be the most misogynistic movie of all time. It made hundreds of millions of dollars, so much so that they got to a two and a three. Three came out this year. Do either of you guys want to talk on the state of the franchise as far as Porky's go?
2: It's bad. They shouldn't remake it. Again, I'm sure they will. Zac Efron will star. Porky's, I've only seen the first, is bananas. It is the the, the whole drilling and then, so that's bad enough, and then a... Gym teacher grabs the dick and just holds onto it, and that's the joke: is that she's just ripping this kid's dick off. Uh, Kim Catrell is mocked because she likes sex and has it loudly. Uh, it is a weird, terrible fucking movie, and it and it's them versus the evil owner of a strip club. Uh, it's it's uh, banana. It's it's the weirdest like uh, what is it like the rags versus riches? What is the eighties? That yeah uh, thing, and, but it's weird. It's like these pieces of shit versus these pieces of shit. Who
0: will
1: win? This is one of those like comedies from the boys will be boys school where it really does a a, a, a horrible job of chuckling at like sexual assault. And honestly, like it's when people talk about rape culture, it, it has like strong it's like strongly represented in the movies of the 80s where like the spying on the women, for instance, it's like they're not shown in that universe to be people. Like right. women are not understood to be three dimensional, real. Like they're just something to be looked at, something to be like poked. And it's it, like
0: you were looking at meerkat, basically.
1: Yeah. And honestly, like you watch a movie like Porky's and it seems like it must come from 50, 60, 70 years ago. And, and it, it, it reminds you like how quaint the notions about like the equality between the sexes were just like, you know, 20, 30 years ago.
0: I've never seen a movie before in any era that it's this misogynistic and then also looks at the camera and says, huh, what do you think? <laughs> yeah. Aren't we uh, stinkers? Okay, so nobody's going to buy Porky's. I feel like we should leave that in its era. Your final two of the top ten franchises of 85. Uh, Death Wish 3. Oh, my gosh. And, and Missing in Action 2, The Beginning. So the first one is Charles Bronson, uh, remade in 2018. The second one is uh, Chuck Norris, never remade. Uh, There was a third missing in action, and there was two or three more death wishes before the remake. And I just real quick, I want to ask you guys: Have you ever seen any of these movies, or is it just I saw my dad watch some of these movies, and that's it?
1: It's like you remember seeing the VHS covers, like you'd be in the action section, as young men are wont to do, looking around, and you would never consider the movies because the covers look so stupid. But you would just (laughs) see them, and you're like, ah, things ever get desperate.
0: And by the way, the whole time we were thinking, man, they're gonna take their eyes away from that porno section. Yeah, and I'm, gonna, I'm gonna, gonna dash in, and dash spramp. right back out. Just gonna see some boobies
2: for Get sure. Lamps. That's Porky
0: style, baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's so crazy how like it was almost like they existed just to fill up video stores. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like they don't have a lot of movies, so let's just make this shit and pump it out. Honestly,
2: there's so many it. bands on the radio who exist just to fill up that radio time before the song you want to hear.
1: Some of the movies from this time, I think, must have been weird financial like tricks that like these companies, would, you know, like look, a whole bunch of movie, went, a whole bunch of money went into these movies and then like, didn't really like get put into the movie instead went somewhere else. So it's that like we can have been drug Lords. Yeah. Because otherwise, like why does American Ninja three
2: exist? <laughs> who, who played the new Charles Bronson in 2018?
0: Guys, that's it. Uh, we did <laughs> national lampoons, vacation, mad max nightmare. On Elm street, Friday, the 13th porkies death, wish and missing in action. I feel like State of the Franchise is bad for a lot of these.
2: Can I buy now?
0: Yeah. Yeah, what one do you want to buy?
2: I'm going to buy Mad Max. That's the only one with a okay possible future.
1: I am going to buy Friday the 13th because I convinced myself that a director that Ryan randomly said maybe could <laughs> remake it, could remake it in a way that I made up and was not in the spirit of the original, and I decided <laughs> I liked that. So I'm buying Friday the 13th.
0: I do think that we could have a show, like, an entire podcast that we will not do now, even though I want to, but you guys are shaking your head no as yeah, hard as you we're can. we're giving him
1: the no pretty hard.
0: Um, of directors who could do something with mm. this. But it was none of the directors that they hired. Like, they did not even come close to, like, David Lynch, you know? Like, there was just nothing, like, abstract or subtextual about this, except for, oh, my God, is my mom crazy? Uh, but I do think there's a lot there because hockey masks are crazy. So... <laughs> I want to congratulate, oh man, Uh, I'm going to give it to Mike. Greg, you picked James Bond and Friday the 13th, but I do think the 2020 way to go is Jewel of the Nile (laughs) and Mad Max, so congratulations to Mike for winning the game. Um, When we come back, we're going to be doing an outro, but before that, I want to thank both of you for this little dalliance down 85 lane. Greg, what'd you learn? I learned that a lot of the franchises
1: of 85 are so locked in the 80s that it's hard to even imagine someone like modernizing them at all. Like a strange credulity.
0: Yeah, I would love a Brady Bunch movie style of all these movies where they just pop out in like frozen bell bottoms. Be like, what's up, 2021? Mike, what'd you learn?
2: I I learned that even though things are not perfect, things are not great in today's society, they are fucking better than 1985. (laughs) (laughs) like there has been an evolution.
0: And when we come back after that, uh, very serious news report of all of the day's news. Keep watching those movies.